Hello from sunny Austin, Texas, and welcome to the Healthcare Soothsayer podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bonnie Clipper, and yes, I'm a nurse. I have worked for more than 30 years as a nurse, chief nurse executive, innovation strategist, and speaker. I have taken the message of Nursing Innovation International and look forward to continuing this message to transform health. This podcast will bring you thought leaders and ideas that you may not have otherwise heard from. Enjoy the show. Our guest today is Kimberly Delbo, transformation and optimization consultant, mentor, coach, speaker, and director of nursing and innovation. Kimberly, welcome to Healthcare Soothsayers. Oh, thank you, Bonnie. I'm honored to be here with you today. Thanks for inviting me. It's my pleasure, and I'm, I'm really excited to be talking with you. You have your hands in several different pots, so can you just start by giving us a little bit of an understanding of what you do? Sure. Um, so I've been a nurse for 15 years, working in various positions across the care continuum from bedside to boardroom. From the acute hospital care setting, I currently hold a master's degree in, in community health nursing, where I am also pursuing my DNP, my doctorate of nursing practice in healthcare transformation and leadership. Currently, I, I also am the entrepreneur uh, and co-founder of Radiant Resilient Leadership, which is a leadership consultancy, and that's where I function as an optimization transformation consultant and speaker, coach, and mentor. Um, and I also work in the senior living space at this time. Wow, that's really cool because you are in some different niches and get to see a whole variety of things, which has to really be helpful. And it's a great way to inform your skill set and, and what you think about. Mm. You know, I think, yeah, you know, each experience that we ever encounter in my nursing career, Bonnie, has shaped me into who I am today. So, you know, I'm thankful for each and every encounter with patients, uh, colleagues across the continuum, and even students. I, I had the privilege of working in nursing academe for six years of my 15 years in nursing practice. So, yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. You know, I think that um, they definitely, we each have a vantage point from our perspective and an opportunity to add value ultimately, right, to healthcare transformation even. So that's a really great place for us to start. So Kimberly, let's talk a little bit about technology and, and digital health, perhaps telehealth. What do you see coming in kind of the senior space, and what does the impact of that look like? Wow. Um, you know, well, we're faced with so many challenges, right, Bonnie? Um, we see that the population demographic shift that our nation is facing, where it's marked with a high degree of healthcare utilizers, folks that generally have, generally speaking, have a high degree of chronic health conditions, and they occupy a large portion of what we spend in terms of our nation's gross domestic product on healthcare. And when we look at overall in terms of our nation, we look at a, a, a healthcare is, is struggling. I mean, the, the evidence is clearly indicated that you know, we spend more on healthcare than any other developed country, but yet our outcomes are the poorest. So when we look at the future and, you know, potentially like what does the future hold, like you asked, you know, I think that there's tremendous value to be harnessed in terms of telehealth and digital health technologies, looking at innovative tech startups. And I believe that we're going to see an increase substantially of these, these things in the future. 
you know, telehealth and digital health technologies, they can be leveraged in a way to provide data collection assessment in real time, which can then be, you know, be of tremendous value to all, everyone. It's a win, win, win. Um, and I love those kind of things. Um, win for patients, right? Win for providers and payers and health systems. Everyone ultimately will benefit, I believe, as long as we do it in a smart way um, and adding tremendous value. You know, we're seeing this shift from a volume to a value-based care model. So when we're harnessing these digital technologies, um, trying to keep keep people home and living healthy in the community, it could be very cost-effective. And we've seen this with COVID, which I might get to a little later, um, hopefully. But overall, you know, I really see, um, you know, folks being able to harness these innovations in a a professional way that's going to promote dignity and value uh, and respect and autonomy to older adults, especially vulnerable populations. So let me ask you, if you had a magic wand, Mm. what technology would you begin to leverage and scale for older adults that are in their homes and aging in place? Hmm. So one of the things that I often see is, you know, this population sometimes struggles with the fact of medication and management and compliance. So I could see it being very beneficial um, to the future of, you know, uh, keeping older adults at home, aging in place gracefully, where they can thrive and not just merely survive, right? Um, Where they can be around their loved ones and their social, uh, you know, social isolation and loneliness is another major problem that our nation is seeing. And that's not really Basically, it's it's not really discriminatory to age or gender, um, but it does impact older adults um, specifically. So, um, you know, keeping them to be at home again, uh, innovations around social addressing social isolation and loneliness, and then which we saw with COVID, and then also um, keeping them in home um, with medication compliance is a big thing I think moving forward. Okay, so I think that makes sense. It sounds like the two areas that excite you the most are the opportunities around this more social isolation issue that's truly grown tremendously over the last year and a half, Mm -hmm. as well as that medication management space. And those are two really um, emerging areas that require a variety of solutions, right? This, these are a, a space where there isn't one right thing. It's really going to be a matter of a variety of solutions that actually help residents. Um, they aren't really patients, so they still live on their own and are, uh, you know, handling their own daily lives. So anything we can do to really make it safer for them to continue to age in place, there's a lot of opportunity for innovation in that space. How do you see nurses getting involved there? Well, I think that, you know, I think that nurses offer a tremendous value um, in terms of interprofessional collaboration and being able to work with various members of the healthcare team and even not just healthcare, right? Because as we create these new innovative tech startups or, um, you know, enhancing the technological literacy and helping folks to understand how to leverage these effectively um, within the home, nurses bring that perspective of, number one, they are the individuals on the healthcare team that are closest to the patient, right? So they are the ones that have interact 
oftentimes the most with a patient. So they know the patient on a very granular level. Um, and they have an ability, a keen ability to be able to connect with them. Um, so I think leveraging the fact that they can be key players um, in as new organizations or innovation startup companies are, are created, um, you know, bringing that human-centered, person-centered design, that empathetic design um, must be leveraged. And I think it's key to have that occur early on in the startup stage. While, you know, it's also important as their organizations are looking to scale, but I think that this will be definitely beneficial. And I love that idea, right? Because it, what's fascinating around human-centered design is that truly healthcare is probably amongst the last of the industries to adopt human-centered design when ironically we're the most human-centered. So Isn't that nurses, <laughs> it, it's insane to me, right? But nonetheless, we're finally there. So it feels to me that this is a big gap in terms of how we even prepare nurses and the pipeline that they're in. What what do you envision around that? How do we begin to teach nurses about human-centered design or design thinking, different concepts? How do we begin to teach them way back while they're in nursing school? Oh, that and that's an awesome point, Bonnie. I just love that. Um, you know, when we look at the healthcare workforce, right, and we're looking at how they can best be utilized to transform healthcare with the integration of technology and innovation, innovative solutions, ultimately, with while leveraging empathetic design um, to solve some of these biggest issues. I think that it is key that we go back into how and evaluate how are we educating these healthcare, the work, healthcare workforce of tomorrow, right? So we need to evaluate that. And I think COVID has brought that to picture um, when we look at the perfect storm of challenges that surrounded COVID, even in, in academe, whether it's nursing academe or um, any other type of academic situation. But really, I see the need for um, us to look at how we are leveraging, you know, the leadership acumen of healthcare professionals while they're um, going through school, even um, how they're able to be taught to think and feel confident about, you know, not following the status quo, right? And thinking outside of the box to solve problems. And then looking at, you know, ultimately, you know, how different things like simulation could add tremendous value to nursing education. We know it has. The research is robust in that area. Um, and then incorporating things like virtual reality and gamification in the process. Uh, you know, there's so much possibility to be leveraged here, right, around cost-effective remote learning modalities that can be integrated into curriculum design. So, um, and then I think, to an important uh, thing to consider is truly how are we educating folks in healthcare? We don't operate in silos in healthcare, do we? We have disciplines, um, various disciplines. So incorporating more of an interprofessional collaborative educational uh, stance in terms of curriculum um, is also, I believe, going to be key to solving some of these really big problems. Yeah, I think that it's it's going to continue to require us to disrupt the way we have educated every discipline in the past. Mm -hmm. And what I learn in so many of my conversations with deans and directors is that there is anxiety around that disruption because there is, in fact, comfort around mm -hmm. how things happen. 
the steps and the sequence in which they play out. So true disruption there is going to be extremely difficult, yet nonetheless, that's what has to happen. We cannot continue to tweak a course here and a course there, but rather blow it up. I mean, there is no reason that nurses, when they get, when you start nursing school, not only do you understand sort of the sequence of your courses and understand, for example, your references and your textbooks, every nursing student as a kind of a first semester nursing student needs to be provided with an Oculus that has loaded within that all of the scenario related materials so that not only do they utilize didactic education, but they then can practice through VR and build the muscle memory needed to connect the actions with the critical thinking and the problem solving skills to the point that when they actually touch a patient, they're competent and comfortable and feel good about it. Oh, it's going to it's going to be a game changer for sure. I mean, we need to blow it up. I love that. I really love that. Um, you know, when we think about how we're going to empower, I love that word too. You know, healthcare providers, um, nurses and others, um to really brainstorm ways to solve these problems and 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 leverage this technology that's out there. It's truly going to be transformative transformational. Um, So I think like we need to just get comfortable with being uncomfortable, right? Um, And I think that's key to um, helping folks to see the need for change um, and helping them feel comfortable with that uncomfortableness. And that I think is what something COVID has has helped to show us we need to do moving forward. Um, you know, when we think about uh, many of these nursing programs, I think about the implications of what is going to, how is this going to impact these nursing students that maybe only had five weeks of clinical and now they're nurses? Like, is that going to impact the quality of care delivery? And we're going to do, you know, time will tell um, how that's going to play out. But but, uh, think about how we could have, if we would have gone back, but moving forward, we have that opportunity now to learn from what we've struggled with, right? Um, And the barriers, and now look for ways to break down those barriers to reshape the future. And this is the excitement, I think, that we have before us. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I think what's so important is that when we put the pieces together differently, it is because we want different outcomes. So not only will the pieces be different as we educate and develop and provide clinicals, but also the outcomes or the expectations will be different as well. Oh, for sure. I agree wholeheartedly. And, you know, even the outcomes in terms of people's ability to cope, right? Um, we can't forget this mental health crisis that we're, we're dealing with right now. And, you know, the shortage of providers and especially rural healthcare settings with, with disparities noted amongst, you know, the populations, especially vulnerable populations. And, um, you know, we think about the rapid turnover that we're experiencing in terms of the nursing workforce. Um, specifically, I'm, I'm thinking about right now, um, I have folks in, in my neck of the woods where I'm located and there are some facilities are experiencing a turnover of healthcare providers greater than 128% turnover. Mm-hmm. And when we think about that, that implication moving forward or the ramifications of healthcare provider burnout, I mean, we know what the rates were prior to COVID and now we're looking at, wow, you know, um, 
I think what 73% of folks are, are saying that they're burned out leaders, healthcare leaders. And that's just, it's sad. Um, but we need to be able to acknowledge it first and foremost. I'm a silver lining kind of gal. So I don't like to focus on, but I think it's important, very important. It's integral to be able to identify a problem and be comfortable saying, hey, this is a problem. Let's brainstorm ways to solve it. This is the elephant in the room, right? Let's, let's look at how we can address this. Um, and that's where true, I think, uh, transformation truly occurs. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's really Well, and times. I think it's it's not even an elephant anymore. We all know about mm-hmm. it. Everybody knows about it, right? So it's not, it's, it's hiding in plain sight. So the real question mm-hmm. is, do we care enough to take action? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what, at least in my conversation with um, nursing staff around the country too, that's what their interest is. We know because that we've seen three surveys of the past hundred days that have actually pointed to the same thing. And that is that we are going to see staggering numbers of attrition from nursing unless we act very quickly. And nurses are saying, and I, I believe Kimberly that they're right. They're saying the pandemic didn't create all this. This was there long before the pandemic. The pandemic just broke it open. So now Mm -hmm. what's going to be done about it to make our work environment, our work conditions, Mm -hmm. our staffing, our resources, our support services, what's Mm going to be done to make that better? So that's going to be a big component. And I believe technology is going to play a huge role in that. I do too. too. I totally agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, You know, when we look at the pre Pre-COVID, like you said, it was already at 50% turnover, um, not turnover, burnout rates were in healthcare providers. Um, so now we're, we're seeing that increase, but we must address it. And I agree that technology is going to have a, a tremendous impact in addressing these problems. Um, so, so, you know, when I think about how we could to leverage technology in a way that, um, you know, we, we look at system-based improvements, right? We found that, you know, um, a lot of the work of Dr. Schoenfeld in his literature, um, I've done a lot of looking into the evidence in terms of healthcare provider burnout, just a, a topic that I'm very passionate about. Um, but caring, I want to go back to what you said, you know, do we care enough, right? And that's a wonderful question to ask. Do we care enough to act, to do something about it? And I think that's key. Like you said, it really is where the change will occur. And I think that we need to ask ourselves that. Each one of us has a part to play in bringing care back to those that are caring. Um, And that's kind of the tagline at Radiant Resilient Leadership. (laughs) I'll just put that plug in there. But that was kind of my my thought process in launching R&R Leadership was to bring care back to caring Um, because ultimately that's what needs to occur, I believe. And that includes not just not just self-care strategies, right, based upon individual strategies to address the ramifications of healthcare provider burnout, but to also look at system-based improvements, so system-level improvements. Um, and that can be a wonderful opportunity to integrate technological, innovative, um, just products to help transform cultures, um, you know, to help support 
healthcare providers. And, and that really excites me um, to see how that's going to have an impact because we know it's, it's only the impact isn't just going to be for the healthcare providers, right? Right. We well, know it in impacts the, patients. And I think you're, you're exactly right because we know technology is part of the solution, yet we can't do in nursing what we've so often done before. And that is we get really, you know, we kind of stomp our feet and we demand a solution to something. And then when that solution comes, we say, no, that's not the one we want. We're going to have to work within certain guardrails to um, find ways to adopt technology, right? Because we can't create more people to fill the million plus shortage of nurses, which means that we're going to have to leverage and scale tech solutions in a variety of ways. And then as nurses, our job is going to be, let's accept that instead of mm-hmm. fighting the solution, we're going to have to accept it. That means staffing is going to be different. So yes. since we likely can't create another million and a half or so nurses, it probably means that we're going to have to begin to utilize technology for some of those things that used to be human. And now it's tech-enabled staffing. So in, in when we think about some of these things, such as the R word, the ratio word, we like to think about jeepers. Me, one nurse, how many patients? Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That ratio thing is really kind of old, right? Mm-hmm. Because eventually we're going to move into a world that a registered nurse could absolutely provide care for 15, 20, 25 patients as <laughs> long as they have the technology that's feeding them constant data on everything yes. from not only the vital signs and the patient condition and what's going on with their scan and radiology and every little bit of information, where are their meds, why are they late, where's their food tray, why is it late? Because if we had a continual flow of information, we would utilize non-licensed personnel to assist us and bring back LVNs, right? That was a decision we made as RNs. We got LVNs out of the picture and now we need them like crazy. Why did we do that? Let's use them. This is so awesome. This conversation is just the bomb. I'm enjoying this tremendously. You know, uh, when I think of what you just said, and I I think about um, just what I've learned from working with nursing students, right, and working in different care settings. Um, Currently, um, I hold a position in the senior living space as a director of nursing services and innovation. Um, You know, for instance, there's an RN that oversees 30 some residents and the care, and they have all unlicensed staff working with them as part of their team. So there is ways that we could effectively leverage and become more value-based oriented. Um, and, and telehealth has tremendous, is going to add tremendous value to that um, as well. And all of these digital technologies that are going to be integrated into the future. So these are truly uh, some exciting times. And then these team-based, cost-effective team-based, uh, you know, basically models, right? That we need to leverage community health workers, right? We know that there's tremendous value there. I did a research project on the utilization of uh, integration of uh, community health workers. And there's a tremendous amount of evidence that supports that. Um, As we shift again out into the community, this is going to be very effective, I believe. Um, And also non-licensed other folks, um, such as direct care workers and personal care attendants, So we really, really need to think outside the box and embrace change. Um, I think this is going to be key. And again, and that starts in education, right? Going back to where um, nurses are trained, 
and educated um, and developed um, because we never, and we, then we never stop developing, right? And we have that growth mindset. You, you never stop learning. You never stop growing. So you're more readily to adapt and accept change over the course of your career. It really exciting Absolutely. times. Well, this is, this has been a fantastic conversation and, and this is a good place for us to kind of put a pin in this for today and maybe we pick it up another day. But thank you so much, Kimberly, for being with us today on Healthcare Soothsayers podcast. It's been fun. Oh, it's been a great. I've enjoyed it tremendously, Bonnie. Always enjoy talking to you. You're such a delight. Ah, thanks. <laughs> well, be sure to check out the show notes for this show to find Kimberly's contact information and to learn more about her work. And thanks again for being with us today. Thanks so much for listening to Healthcare Soothsayers. I really do appreciate it. If you liked what you heard, please rate, review, and share it with your network. That is how we grow and learn. If you have ideas for show topics or guests, please reach out to me directly at ThoughtLeaderRN on Twitter. For information about this show or any of the others in the Touchpoint Media Network, please check them out at touchpoint.health.